you know, we were on food stamps and, and government assistance just trying to survive. And my wife goes, look, you know, we have nothing else going on. You, this offer is still here. You should, you should try this. And so before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that Blue Spruce Capital is lending on one to four unit fix and flips in multiple states. Contact Blue Spruce Capital by going to the show notes. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and I am thrilled you're here. One quick thing is we are re-recording this again, and uh, so it's kind of fun, and thank you for uh, dealing with my, uh, what is it, IT problems? There, I'm with Ryan Nickel today. Ryan Nickel is phen phenomenal. He's fantastic. He's the owner of Bootstrap Real Estate Investor. So he is the Bootstrap REI. He's got five kids. And one of the coolest things is he's coming out to Denver to speak for some of our groups, the Creative Real Estate Lunch Club. So he'll be on October 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. So mark the dates right now, October 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, this episode will come out about a month before that. So you've got a few weeks to actually book your ticket, but you'll want to see Ryan. And as we kind of get into this episode, you're going to really see why. One of the things that I think is um, best about uh, why you want to listen to this episode right now is because the markets are really shifting right now and it's changing the way we look at deals. And Ryan's going to teach us how he looks at deals. One of the cool things about Ryan, Ryan, how many properties do you have running right now? How many rentals do you have? You know, we, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. We were at one point, I think at our high, we were at about uh, 36. We've actually cut down. Um, we are, I think at 22 now, we've been uh, weeding out the ones that were, that didn't meet our, our profit margin muster as far as that goes. We, we have a minimum requirement now that they have to cash flow a minimum of $250 a door. And if they don't, then we get rid of them. Okay. I love it. Uh, so Ryan's picked up, I think all of these, but at least most of these in a very creative way. And in the first time that we were recording this episode, uh, there was some really awesome information that he was getting into where he was talking about one of these skinny deals that he did. And this particular skinny deal, he, and what I mean by skinny is it, the, what's owed on the property is pretty much what the property's worth. So you can't really make cash flow. And most investors would just turn around and walk away. But he implemented pretty much like three or four different strategies all at the same time so that it would work. It was like, okay, well, this isn't lining up. So I'm going to do this creative strategy to make that happen. Oh, because this isn't happening, I'm going to do this. So it's really interesting. I'm getting it very excited to get into that deal with you, Ryan. But first, uh, will you tell us a little bit about just your background, your family, your five kids, how you got into real estate and what does bootstrap mean? Yeah, for sure. So, um, we are a family currently right now. My wife and I, uh, we have five kids. Um, they're all under 10. So we have a nine, a seven, a three, a five, and a, no, a, yeah, nine, seven, five, three, and then a newborn. And uh, they alternate girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Boy. And so, um, yeah, we're, <laughs> our hands are full. You may even, you know, hear them in the background a little bit. So I, the way I got in the real estate was um, I lost my job. Just like, you know, all real estate investors, you know, they lose their job and they, they decide to go, uh, you know, make it big in real estate. And, um, it was actually a real struggle because we had, uh, we had owned some property before and we actually had a duplex and we ended up losing that, that property. We lost that property, uh, in 2010, we couldn't hold on to it after the, the financial crash. And so we actually 
moved in there thinking that we could make it work. And unfortunately we were foreclosed on and we got forced out the day after Christmas. My wife was pregnant with our second and we had a, a one year old. And I swore at that moment, I'm like, I will never get into real estate ever again. It's, it hurts too much. It was too painful. And so we moved um, in with my in-laws. They, we were in Idaho and they came and moved us to California and we were with them for about a month until we got back on our feet. And like I said, that was 2010. And so when I lost my job in 2014, um, the knock came on the door for us to, to move, for me to go out to Georgia and learn real estate. And I'm like, ah, forget that, man. I've been there, done that. Not fun, not going to happen. And we really dragged our feet. And um, I lost my dog in August, my, my, my job. We, I lost it in August. And it wasn't until November where we finally were struggling enough that, you know, we were on food stamps and, and government assistance just trying to survive. And my wife goes, look, you know, we have nothing else going on. You, you, this offer is still here. You should, you should try this. And so, um, you know, I, I kissed my wife and kids goodbye and, and took that leap of faith and went across cross country, went to Savannah, Georgia, and I literally slept on the guy's floor in his back office. He had like a little closet for me and I slept there and, you know, I, I worked for him by day. I, I didn't get paid because I was learning real estate. And, um, but what a blessing it was because it was only three weeks later that I got my first check and it was for, you know, $15,000. And I thought, oh my gosh, this has changed everything for us. This changed my life. I called my wife. I was crying. I'm like, honey, come on, you know, pack the bags. We're coming to Georgia. And uh, to me, that's where, you know, the idea of bootstrap was born, you know, just the tenacity, the grit, the intention to make things work come hell or high water. Even though I didn't have a whole lot of faith in myself at that time, I was leaning a lot on my mentor asking you know, him questions and trying to learn this business. But that's you know, in a nutshell, that's how we got started in this thing. Yeah. Let me, I love that story. You, there's so much to that there. It was, it can't have been easy, you know, to move across the country to say goodbye to the kids, but to make something work. And one of the things that you mentioned was grit and just, this was just a couple of days ago. I was watching some type of, I don't even know, like we'll call it a, a documentary, but it was, it was talking about, they were doing some studies on different people in schools, teachers, and they kind of looked at, you know, basically one of the things was teachers that were in really rough schools. It was mm -hmm. like their first day and they found something out that if they looked at all of the things that these teachers possessed or the, the kids as they were growing up and they looked to see one of the things that they had naturally, they looked to say, Hey, what's their IQ? Uh, hey, what, you know, what is their you know, whatever, intelligence quotient. There is so many different factors. And I wish I, you know, took notes beforehand because I really want to bring this to some of the listeners is the one thing that they said that was a common denominator for successful people. It wasn't just happiness. It wasn't just that they smiled. It wasn't that they were smart, but it was that they had grit and tenacity and keep, kept going and going and going. So it's just that thing that you're doing with Bootstrap, which has got you to 36 rentals all at one time. And you just did another deal a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, we're averaging about two or three a month now. Okay. The deal that you did two weeks ago is the one that I really want to bring up with the audience because it goes along right along with what you'll be speaking at when you come to Denver on uh, October 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yeah, of course. Before we do that real quick, one thing I do want to point out is, yeah. you know, um, going into that situation it wasn't you know i wasn't thinking to myself like oh i got grit i can make this work or whatever okay. i was like crap dude my back's against the wall either i do this or my family starves mm. and it was like man it's like do or die kind of a thing and yeah unfortunately i mean i mean i guess unfortunately i just i you meet so many people in this business adam that you, their backs against the wall and 
and you just want to help them out, but they don't have the desire to help themselves. And I, I didn't want to be that guy. I'd seen too many of those people just like looking for handouts. And I already, I already felt guilty because I was, you know, on the government, you know, dole at that point, you know, receiving food stamps and, you know, God bless the government, you know, the government that was there for us because for the longest time I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to be able to put food in my kids' mouths. So I just wanted to point that thing out that, you know, at the time I didn't realize that, that that was what was happening. It was just like, this is what I have to do. I'm a man. I need to support my family. I need to get off my butt and make things work. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you went through that. Thank you. Um, so we'll talk about skinny deals and how the market is shifting, something that you'll kind of present with us when you come in October. Yeah, for sure. But, um, so what was that last, that deal that you closed two weeks ago? Yeah. So uh, one of the ways that I find properties is just by driving for dollars. And so I had, uh, driven around and I saw that this house had a, a red tag on it. And for those of you that don't know what a red tag is, it's when the, uh, the city or County code enforcement officer comes by and they actually tag the house. It's with a red tag and they, they deem the house uninhabitable. And so they wrote on it, you know, specifically this particular case was raw sewage under the house. So apparently a, a sewer line had broken or something like that. And so, um, the house was completely vacant because it's uninhabitable. And so I, um, I saw that that was, I'm like, oh, opportunity. And so I, I contacted the owner. I found out where she was at and um, I got a hold of her. And she's like, look, you know what? I just bought this house in October of last year. I owe basically what, what, it's, you know, what it's worth, what I paid for it. I haven't made a payment in like nine months and it's going to foreclosure. And I, I thank you for reaching out, but there's not really anything you can, you can do to help me kind of a thing. Hmm. And so I, you know, I talked to her, I said, actually, you know, I appreciate that you, that you let me know your situation. I'm sorry that's, you know, it's a rough time for you, but I actually really am interested in buying this house. I can do it. And actually I chased her for about, about a week or so, because it was one of those things where it's like, it sounds too good to be true. And all our friends and family told her it's a scam. And, you know, we get that a lot. It's like, oh, it's a scam. Don't listen to that guy. He's going to, you know, take you for something. Uh, but, unfor you know, unfortunately for her, she was homeless at the time and really didn't have anything. So she's like, she's like, what's he going to take? I'm already like, I'm at the, I'm at, you know, my, my wits end here. So um, she finally agreed to meet with me. I actually had to go pick her up. And so I picked her and her bike up cause she's you know, homeless and carless. And so she drives around on a bike and we actually went to dinner and we chatted and in talking to her, she's like, look, if there's something, if you're legit, if you're real, if there's something you can do to help me. Um, I don't want anything for this house. I just want it to go to a good family and I don't want the bank to have it. And cause they're just going to let it sit and rot kind of a thing. So uh, we struck up a deal. I'm always carrying my paperwork with me wherever I go. It's always with me. So I pulled out my, and I, I knew I was going to meet with her. So it was already pre-filled out. The only thing that wasn't filled out was the purchase amount and the terms, but everything else was, was, was pre-filled out with her name, the address, all that stuff. So I was ready to go. May I ask you on yeah. the paperwork, do you use your city's approved contract or do you have your own skinny contract? I have my own. Okay. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. Go no, ahead. it's all good, man. It's still totally fine. And the reason for that is I used to use like, you know, the state approved contracts and stuff like that. And it was so daunting. They're like, oh my gosh, just like 50 pages, especially here in California. We have so many like ridiculous, um, I shouldn't say ridiculous because they're like they're mandated or whatever, but we have a lot of, of information that has to go into the seller's hands. And we handle all that at close and we don't do that. At, at, we don't disclose um, at contract, but, and I'm not a licensed real estate agent either. So I, you know, I, I do put that out there with people. But my contract, it's only a two-page contract. It's super simple for them. Hmm. Doesn't scare them off. But anyway, what we agreed upon was 200 bucks cash right then and there on the spot and um, a U-Haul to move the remaining belongings out of the house and a storage unit for 90 days. So hmm. we very next day went and secured both of those and uh, started moving things out and bought the house for, you know, I think it was about 850 bucks, $800 right around hmm. there. 
that's wow. what, what it cost me to, to acquire the property. Um, but it needed some work as well. And, and then the, there was a rears, right? Of 11,000. Yeah. Okay. So how did you pay that? It's a great question. So, um, I want to, you know, just back up just a little bit here. So we, we cleaned the house out. We did all this stuff and um, I had my plumber over there and he goes, Hey, you know what? It's not a, there's no sewage problem here. Just someone broke the clean out cap. So they replaced that. It was like 1500 bucks. And, and that was it. I got the code enforcement guy over there. He looked at it. It's like, yeah, it looks good to me. Good to go, man. Wow. <laughs> no fines, no fees, nothing. He's just like, for him, it was a, pro- a problem property. He just wanted it off his beat, you know, off his, uh, his list. And so he just let it go. And I get a lot of, pro- I get a lot of deals from him as well. So it's totally okay. Cool. So, um, so the way that, so you asked me a question, you know, how do we, how do we pay off the rear? So right now um, it's, it's super simple. We just get the down, we, we just pay it obviously, but we get the down payment and we'd like to pay ourselves back from the down payment of the property. Yeah. Okay. So, so who do you pay the arrears to and how do you negotiate with them? Mm-hmm. So we, we pay it to the bank directly. Mm-hmm. And so they, they want it to wire. And so we got wiring instructions and we just wire it to the bank. And so what happens is when we take over these properties, um, you know, one of the things that we do is we get a power of attorney to act on behalf of the previous homeowner. And so what we're doing is we're acting on behalf of her to go ahead and bring the, the payments and everything current. And that's what we did on this one. Okay, great. And then uh, we talked a little bit the first time we recorded this. You actually sold this on a kind of like a lease option, but there was another couple wrenches in there. So kind right. of explain yeah. to the sell to the audience, not to the sellers, explain to the audience how you sold this to somebody and how you made money, even though it was worth the same as the loan was on it and it had arrears. Yeah, yeah, of course. So one of the things that we, um, that I've learned over the time is I used to only do 10% down. So if they, if they didn't have 10% down, um, then, you know, I'm sorry, you couldn't buy my house. And that was because we had no money when we need, that's where we were, you know, we were feeding ourselves and we were, you know, as we we're building up our, our cash flow portfolio, we needed those, those down payments. Now we're in a position where we don't have to. And so we've become a lot more um, flexible and creative in our financing offers. So what we offer to them now is, um, you know, the 10% option, of course, at, it was, so it was 205,000 at 10%, which is like 20,500. And then it was um, 215 at $15,000 down and then 225 purchase price with $10,500 down. And, you know, we label those as best, you know, um, flexible and affordable, just, you know, our, our labels. And of course, everyone's the affordable one. Okay. And what happens is the monthly payment also goes up as well when we're doing that. And so we found a couple and they wanted the affordable one and they had $5,000 right now, but they didn't have the other five. They would have it, um, in, you know, around Christmas time, around, you know, November of this year. And so what we ended up doing was taking the five and we've increased the monthly payment. So we're getting a cash flow of about 300 bucks a month on it. And they're going to um, do a lease with an option to purchase for six months. So before we ever start even amortizing and paying down the, the mortgage, we're just going to get straight just cash flow on this deal. And then we'll convert it to seller financing. So it's basically right now a lease with an option to purchase. And then after they um, complete the remaining down payment, then we'll do it. We'll convert it into a, a contract for deed. And then they'll just you know go forward for you know, until it's paid off. Okay. I love it. One of the things we'll do, I just wanted to point out on that deal, two things. Number one, I would say 90 or even 99% of investors would turn around and walk away because it's, it's, there's no equity. There's nothing there. There's actually negative equity. Well, they all but- do, Adam. <laughs> you know, one thing I'll tell you too is I, 
so I, got, I found this one driving for dollars. You know, another way that I find deals is I call guys that say, you know, we buy houses. I call those guys, hey man, do you have any skinny deals? I'm like, what's that? And I tell them, they're like, oh yeah, I got a bunch of them. And so I'm partnering with like, you know, four or five of them in my area right now. I love that. I'm, I'm glad we brought that up. So here you are, you find this deal, but you still find a way to create a deal, to create yeah. a deal. That's what we're talking about, the Creative Real Estate Podcast. So my... As, as I talk about like what you were able to do, now we're looking at even how much your out-of-pocket, your net out-of-pocket is versus how much you're making is just astonishing, honestly. Your, your total net out-of-pocket, it's about 800 bucks, right? Right. Well, and, none, I mean, in this particular case, it's a little bit more than that because, you know, we brought a current, you know, it was a 11.5 okay. to bring in current plus I think we were into it for uh, roughly about, I think, 2,500 after cleaning and everything. All right. So let's yeah. start there. 2,500, you, it's a $1,200 mortgage payment and it is $1,500 payment to you. Correct. But yep. it's on owner finance. So they're supposed to take care of most of the stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I don't do anything. They take oh, care of maintenance, perfect. repairs, upkeep, all of it. So you pretty much are netting your $300 every month, but mm -hmm. it costs you $2,500 to do it. So if we look at the math, your return uh, on investment's over 100% per year. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are deals where I've actually had, uh, believe it or not, I've had sellers pay me money. Mm -hmm. And one guy paid me $8,000 to take the property off his hands. I think, I, and I hope there's a lot of people in on the podcast listening right now that are just saying, you know, I have 2,500 bucks to, if I could, to make $300 the rest of my life because right. a month, each month yeah. for the rest of my life, because this is, it's just really honestly incredible what you're doing. I, I love it. And I'm glad that you came back onto the podcast a, a second time. Thank I, you. Have, I wish I would have looked up your number before we got started, but yeah, you were on probably around episode 20, you came out. Uh, so if, for the listeners, jump on, see if you can find that episode. It, it was really, really good and full of a lot of, lot of content. And if you want to come out to Denver to see him on uh, October 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, he'll be here for four different lunch clubs speaking, talking about this stuff, how to make a skinny deal work. Uh, so it might be valuable to you to actually fly in to, to see this. Ryan, we're going to get into the final five questions. All right. But first, a word from our sponsors. Want daily interviews with real estate investors and none of the fluff? Go to bestevershow.com where Joe Fairless interviews daily real estate investors and entrepreneurs about their best advice ever. Go to bestevershow.com. Creating a great first impression isn't just important, it's necessary. Your logo is an extension of your personal brand. Whether you're looking for a brand refresh or a full rebrand, Tannis at Immense Designs can create logos, business cards, you name it. I've been working with Tannis on creating our brand material, and I can't be happier. So contact Tannis at ImmenseDesigns.us and open your world to immense possibilities. Okay, Ryan, what is the most creative deal you've ever, no, what is the most profitable creative deal you've ever done? How's that? Yeah, okay, that's fine, because those are two different things. I, I have some very creative deals. Um, the most creative, profitable deal. So um, probably would be a, a probate deal that I did. And uh, we were driving for dollars, found this house. All we did like just crazy weeds up to the eyeballs. And um, I went and found, you know, who the owner was and I found out the owner was deceased. So then I had to go search their kids. And I found who, I found her son, um, contacted him. He told me, you know, all oh, that house, it's, it's, my mom was on um, 
on, on Medicare and it's, 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 there's nothing for us on this house. So I was like, well, I'm still interested in buying it. I'll, I'll pay off Medicare, whatever it could be. It can't be that much. Well, it was like 64,000. So um, I paid for probate, paid for all of that. And um, we, between my, part, my partner and I on this one, um, I bought it. I think we were in contract for 85,000 and ended up selling it, just wholesaling it out for 140. So uh, we did pretty good on it. So what was the net profit then? Um, net profit was, I took, so after we paid uh, probate and everything, I think we both netted about uh, 20 something each. Awesome. That, yeah. that is really incredible. How long did it take you to do that deal? That one took a long time. Okay. Um, uh, that one about took how about long? probably nine months. The probate uh, took, a, took a long time to do that. Just sat in the background there. Okay. So for you, um, was it, it wasn't nine months of, of hard work. Oh no, I, I put the contract together and, uh, and talked to my attorney maybe twice. That was it. Okay. So, so maybe a few hours of work. Maybe. I think I had maybe a total of about four hours into the entire deal. Okay. I have a, I have a great question for you. Um, yeah. why did you have a partner on that deal? So originally we were going, um, I didn't know it was going to take that long to get done. So I was going to wholesale it out to the guy. So I had, I had it under contract for him to buy it for me for, um, for 105. So I was going to net 20 anyway. And then uh, the market rose so rapidly. And um, I said, look, I have some other buyers that would buy this for 140. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to rehab this one. And, and, and cause he was going to rehab it at that time. He could have rehabbed it for maybe I think 40 into it. And he would have been able to make, uh, he would have made a lot of money, but then something happened in his family life. And so he just needed to go ahead and just, you know, um, we just wholesale it out. So we just, we ended up partnering because, uh, yeah, just that's how that one worked out. But all my other deals, I don't, I rarely ever partner unless they bring me the deal. Then we, we work on something together. Perfect. Thanks for going into that. So yeah, we've got no four more questions of the final five. The next one is what's a book you recommend? You know, I just finished a book. Um, there's a book by a guy named Thomas uh, Blackwell and it's called the, um, the Liberty of, I don't even remember the hang on, I can actually look it up. Just finished it too. It was, it was a fascinating read. It's kind of like, you know, the secret, but it's also like a, um, some other like self-help stuff mixed into it. But it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it definitely opened my eyes. It's called the Liberty of Our Language Revealed. We bring about our world by our words. Great. And I like this next question. It's probably my favorite question. Take us back five years from today. Where were you five years ago? And then I'll also ask you, where are you going to be in five years? So project it out for the listeners. Cool. Um, five years ago, 2013, I probably was still working for uh, a gal named Laurel Langmire. I was uh, her online marketing manager. So I managed all of uh, North America, Europe, Australia. And uh, that's what I was doing. I was working on, on promoting her business and, and, and her speaking events. Never foresee, foresaw that this is where I'd be at today. Um, five years from today, um, I will be, I, I'm actually moving from a, uh, I'm, I still be in the business, but I'm actually moving more into an educational platform. I have too many people across the US that, that just need to know what I know. And so, and then market is shifting. And so I'll be actually shifting more into more of an educational platform and, and sharing my knowledge and, and training and coaching that way. Great. I'm really happy that you said that because I want to send a bunch of people to you. So I love that. Uh, next one is how do you give back? So, um, 
one thing that, you know, I started Bootstrap REI and I give a ton of free content in there. We have a lot of, I have a lot of daily videos in there. Um, create stuff for people there. One of the things that I do, that I, I, I do recently is when we buy these properties, a lot of the properties we buy are just completely like they're either furnished or they just have a lot of stuff. And, you know, I used to give stuff to like the Goodwill or the Salvation Army. So what we do now is we'll just load up our trucks and our cars and we'll go down because there's, uh, here where we live, there's um, a place called the River Bottoms and just in you know, the dried out, dried out river um, bottoms. And there's just a lot of homeless people with kids and stuff like that. And it's really kind of sad. And so what we'll do is we'll go down there and just give these clothes to these guys that no other words, just don't have any way to get this clothes. And so um, that's one of the ways that we give back. Another way that I give back is um, it, and this is kind of self self-serving. It didn't, it, it evolved into being self-serving, but it wasn't originally. It was, uh, you know, anytime I see a homeless guy, if I'm going into a restaurant and they're sitting outside or whatever, I always invite them in and I always share a meal with them. And one guy actually asked me, he's like, what do you do? And I told him I buy houses. He's like, oh, I know where a bunch of vacant houses are if you're interested in that. And so um, I never, ever promote that or, 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 you know, suggest that. But if someone asks me, then of course, I'm always going to sell. That's what I do because I, I have gotten deals from that. But that's never my, um, now it's, it's kind of self-serving, you know, it, sometimes I, uh, I'll invite someone, not with the hope that they're going to you know, ask me, hey, you know, what do you do for a living so I can get a referral? I, I, I could care less about that. But um, it, I, I never turn down someone to ask me for a meal. And uh, you know, they're holding a sign. I'm not going to offer a meal. But if they, if they are impressed enough or inspired to come and ask me, or if they see it, like if I'm walking out of a store and they're like, hey, excuse me, I'm really hungry, whatever, I will always stop no matter what I'm doing to go and I will buy them a meal. And I, I never want someone to walk away hungry because um, I turn them down. I'll always buy them something. A lot of, lot of good ways to give back. Thank you for going through all of that. Yeah. So my last question is just if you have a coaching program, how do people find you there? If they just have questions, how do they find your website? Yeah, um, I do have coaching program. Um, the, the probably the best place though is this, I mean, cause who knows, they, they, they might not want to do a skinny deal, but, but if they're getting started in real estate or whatever, they can go to bootstraprei.com. And it'll, that'll take them over to um, our Facebook page. So actually, there's actually a video right there and it will, it will tell them, you know, it basically gives you an idea of, of the content that we give. Um, also, I mean, if someone's getting started in this business, I mean, I put together a flashcard deck and basically what it is, is it, it you know, it, it, it breaks things down for them. Um, you know, basically it's how I talk to my sellers, how to talk to my buyers what's some of the, the math that I do. And then, you know, what are some marketing ways? And so it's, you know, these flashcards I put together in, you know, to help, you know, new investors. And I always start it with, with my motto with like, you know, you're only one deal away. You're just one deal away from changing your entire financial future. But, you know, I have, I have all these, these decks, this, this, these flashcards. In fact, Adam, I'll, um, I'll send you, I'll bring you a copy when we're in Denver. I'll give you a, a complimentary copy. That'd be great. I, well, yeah, I, if someone I, wants to, you know, get there, I think this is a great place for people to start. It's just bootstraprei.com forward slash flashcards. And they'll be able to just pick them up. They're cheap. They're only like, you know, um, I made them affordable for people. They're only like 20 bucks and that includes shipping. And I just want to make sure that, you know, as many people can have them in their hands and that covers a little bit, you know, more than what my production cost was on them. Awesome. Thanks for going over all of that. And I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing you in October. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thanks, man. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. 
it's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.